This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of the contributors, not necessarily those of Morecambe Football Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I believe me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Right, thank you for joining us up this on Shrimpnet, the podcast of the Shrimps Trust. Uh, this is episode 13 and joining uh, Joel from the Trust and myself today, I'm very happy to report we have a fully healthy boardroom guru in uh, Charlie Appleyard. Hello, Charles. Evening, Trees. Evening, Joel. And I'm I'm sorry, there's no uh, there's no <laughs> we're having te- the BBC would call it technical difficulties. Charlie uh, isn't appearing on YouTube today. He's decided to go incognito. Uh, and for the second time, we have uh, the top man himself, the supremo of the Mazuma, the architect of promotion. It's a warm welcome and a big thank you to Derek Adams. Derek, welcome along. Thank you. I thought that uh, you were talking about the chairman there, but uh, maybe I'm not. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, start as we mean to go on. Uh, we didn't do a podcast last week because of uh, illness to a couple of members of the team which was unfortunate. Uh, So we'll start where we left off. We previewed the Barnsley game and got our first home win of the season, Joel, and very welcome it was. Yeah, very welcome and I think very well deserved. Uh, You know, I I thought it was a really good performance kind of throughout the entire game. I thought the way we set up and the way we pressed Barnsley, it was really good. You could see what we were trying to do. I think we had Stockton and uh, Phillips kind of dragging their back line about uh, around a bit and then we're making lots of runs in behind we were hitting some big switches out to Cooney it was it was lots of really good stuff and we were I, I think we really did well in, in limiting Barnsley and how much they could get into our final third so obviously Ripley's had a couple of saves to make and we have had a bit of defending to be to do because you know they're, they're a good side Barnsley but ultimately we've we've kept them at arm's length for good parts of the game which I thought was a really important part of that win and I think I think what was testament to that is watching Michael Duff, uh, the Barnsley manager on the touchline, he was getting quite annoyed at how often they were hitting the ball long and knocking passes out of play. And I think that's kind of testament to how we how we forced them to do that. A lot of the reason they were hitting it like that is because the way we pressed them, we we made them hit it long and they and they didn't want to. And it was that was what was winding Michael Duff up. So really pleasing performance and then to see the game out in the way we did I thought the Silvers were really you know all had a really good impact you know Dylan Connolly coming on and just giving us that little bit of extra a little bit of extra energy and kind of legs just to keep Barnsley at a good distance so they couldn't just kind of waltz past the halfway line you know that and of course that uh that kind of crazy minute when he just basically <laughs> chased the ball across yeah. their whole back line that was a that was really quite something. But yeah, overall, really, really good performance and a, and a thoroughly deserved win, I thought. And it was a long time coming, Derek, the home win, but fully deserved. And it's always nice to get the monkey off your back, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, we've had, you know, a decent start to the season. The, the the league is actually starting to, obviously, even itself out at this moment in time. It looks like the teams that are going to be at the top are the ones that uh, are pulling away at this moment in time. We've got a group of teams uh, at the bottom uh, of the table that look like are going to be there come uh, the end of the season. And um, 
it was just nice for us to beat a team that at the start of the day were in sixth position. And, uh, you know, it was a, a fabulous win for us. Uh, it was at home and uh, it was a really good showing from us. And uh, another good crowd, Charlie. Uh, another good away following from Barnsley. We've had some cracking crowds, some great atmospheres, but it was fantastic to get three points. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a great two, three days up in, up in Lancashire for me, really. Like, it really made me realise even more what a great club we've got. You know, we had a really, really... Derek, Derek Rod and I attended the local business networking uh, Chamber of Commerce thing on the Friday. Met some wonderful people who were hoping to future support to the club. Then we had a board meeting and, uh, you know, Derek and Derek and the board, actually, we actually went out for a drink to food together on a Friday night for the first time in three years, three and a half years. And spent some extra quality time together instead of on the Zoom calls all the time. Just uh, then went to the, then we had the match. Then I raced Derek down the down the down the Bay Gateway and beat him by about by about two minutes. He told me I've been driving too fast. But um, then, then, we went to, then we had the match and it was just an amazing atmosphere. And uh, you know we, we fully fully deserved it. And you know, see the, the, the Dylan Connolly come out chased around like a madman it was really really something to behold. I thought, especially especially with Farnay. Fame trying to um, beat the offside trap. I'm a footballer. I was like, still just, just stay outside, stay behind the defenders, and pass the ball and run through. He gets really, gets really ahead of the line all the time. Dan <laughs> was being, Dan was being feathers. <laughs> I think, um, I think that happened a couple of times where uh, Fane just just delayed, looked up, saw Dylan. Dylan set off, and it was like, ah, if you'd have kicked it straight away, you'd have been okay. But I'm the Barnsley guy, the Barnsley guy, just stood there, not doing anything. Just, yeah, just say, go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. Yeah, you're right. Well, yeah, it was it was a good it was a, it was a cracky. It was nice to say goodbye to Fane as well, because obviously, uh, yeah, of course, yeah. that was that was a, that was quite a momentous occasion. It was a really good turnout for Fane. Uh, Joel was obviously there, and uh, there was quite a few uh, few fans and few people from the media and what have you there to pay tribute to Farney. And I think that's worth mentioning because uh, what <laughs> there were quite a few people people that uh, who uh, were Farney's friends and family who, who actually admitted they quite liked the podcast. So uh, I thought we'd better give them a mention as soon as they're listening. So there you go. Um, uh, interesting that everybody's picked up uh, on the Dylan Connolly thing. He showed fantastic energy when he came on as sub Derek and. Uh, I know Joel's already mentioned it, but he had a period where he started started off on the left wing and then chased their centre for centre back and then chased the other centre back and then chased chased back to sort of right back and won the ball back. Uh, and he must have been blowing a bit after that, but that was fantastic energy, just closing down and making sure Barnsley, with like ten minutes left, couldn't get ahead of steam. Well, I think that. Uh... Any supporter would say that, that that's what they want from their, their players. I think that um, the, the way that uh, he presses defences, the way that he pushes forward uh, is fantastic. And, you know, what we need from Dylan at times is, you know, the added composure. And he hasn't got that just yet at times, but uh, his work rate uh, is fantastic. And he helped us in the Forest Green game as, as well, away from home. And he'll continue to do that. Yeah, I hope he does because that it, it it lifts the crowd, doesn't it? And when it lifts the crowd, that in turn lifts the players. So it's sort of like self self, if you like, self perpetuating. And the fact that the crowd the other night against, which I'll come to later on, but the crowd against when people were getting stuck in against Derby, it was the same. 
everybody was, uh, it was almost like uh, the Mazuma was one. And that's what you need in your home games to get the points, isn't it? Well, you need players that want to to run, they want to, to harry. And uh, as a manager, uh, it makes your life a lot easier because um, if you've got players that are athletically, you know, are very good, um, they can then put the opposition under pressure, which gives the ball away, and uh, we regain, you know, possession from that. We're not going to have a lot of possession uh, in this league. We understand that because of the quality uh, of League One. But, uh, you know, when we do get regain possession, then it's us. It's up to us to, you know, get into that final third and, and create the chances. And uh, we're not going to get many chances this year just by the way that uh, the other teams, you know, are very good. But um, when we do, uh, then we've got the players that are capable of scoring. So moving on from the uh, the Barnsley game, um, which was, uh, again, a fantastic first home win of the season in the league, fantastic performance, uh, went to Cheltenham with a, a, um, a lot of hope. And uh, uh, did we drag them down to our level or did they drag us down to their level? Or what, what happened, Joel? It was, it was, there was a lot of, a lot of errors in the game. Um, well, obviously, Ryan Delaney will be disappointed. I'm not pointing fingers. Everybody makes mistakes. He gave the ball away cheaply and, and, and they scored from just inside the box. And we found it incredibly difficult until the final minutes to get back into it. And obviously, Kieran Phillips did well, wriggled free in the box, slammed it against the bar on another day. Could have got a point there. But it was one of them where it was it was a, disappoint, a disappointing evening as a spectacle. Yeah, I think it, it shows... I think that group that in with the Burton game as well, I think it shows that, you know, it's while Cheltenham, your Cheltenham's and your Burtons have playing squads that aren't just on the set that aren't on the same level quality wise as your Ipswiches and your Derbies, they they do still pose a challenge in quite a different way. Cause I thought, especially in that first half, I thought we probably had more of the play and more of the territory. We were moving the ball fairly nicely around the pitch at certain points, but we, we were kind of struggling to break them down, I thought. And then from that, they actually end up having the two best chances of that first half, obviously with the goal. And uh, was it Amundulis, uh, uh, that one the one chance he had as well. So I think it kind of shows, it was almost like they, they were kind of doing to us what we would what we have been trying to, what we've been doing to Ipswich and what we did to Barnsley at the weekend. So I think it, what what it showed is you know the the different challenges that uh, different teams in, in in the league pose you know with with Cheltenham and they they weren't pushing forwards in the same way that Barnsley had on Saturday leaving room for us to break into they were kind of more men behind back behind the ball and that was you know proving difficult to break down so yeah and obviously just coming out of the uh, the Barnsley game as well from that kind of big high of the first home win of the season it was. It's kind of what happens. It's, it's football, isn't it? You know, you go from a big high one day, and then you go to a you know being incredibly disappointed the next, and that's how it goes sometimes, isn't it? Really. And I think many ways that's that sums it up, Derek, doesn't it? In the fact that we were so pleased to get the home win on the Saturday that we were on a bit of a high, and the, particularly the first half an hour at Cheltenham, uh, we did look like a side that was was full of confidence, uh, but then we sort of got suckered, gave a goal away. And it took us quite a while to regain some composure. You had to make some changes second half and really, really went for it. And it very nearly paid off. But you've got to, in that situation, it must be frustrating for you as a boss for the consistency. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, when you're playing teams around about you, uh, the important thing is 
not to lose the game, uh, first of all, but also, can you get the three points? Unfortunately for us on the night, we didn't. And uh, that was deeply frustrating. I thought for the first 30, 35 minutes, we were in control of the game. We had a number of good opportunities. We didn't find that final pass, or we didn't get the shot off that we could have uh, in that first period. Uh, and maybe there was, you know, a couple of issues uh, where we could have done, you know, better uh, on the night. It was a 3-5-2 uh, for them against uh, a 3-4-1-2 for us. And um, it did nullify itself out to a certain extent. We made changes in the second half. We went 4-2-3-1. We tried to get our wingers on to create the width of the pitch to try and get the better of them. I thought that Cheltenham coped very well with that. Uh, and uh, we didn't really get that opportunity till late on in the game with uh, Kieran Phillips hitting the, the crossbar. And uh, when we look at the league table, Charlie, um, it, it was an important, well, they're all important fixtures, but that would have lifted us sort of like back into the pack. But looking at the results that we've had since then, um, it's been a pretty mixed bag for all the teams around us, hasn't it? Strange game, you know. Uh, have you seen the news on Netflix all quite on the Western Front? If you haven't yeah. seen it, you must watch it. it that reminded me of Ch Chatham versus Morecambe last week. You know, no one budging an inch, chucking, chucking, chucking stuff at each other, not really getting anywhere. And it's a very strange, uh, strange game to watch where um, they just have this massive guy, even West Brom, the Callum guy, really, really, really strong centre back. And we just couldn't really get past him and we couldn't really get him behind. And, no. Um, it was a very, 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 very strange game where I, I didn't think we actually played that badly. I just we just we just couldn't get we just couldn't get a, get a way through, and um, you know unfortunately we lost the game. But um, you know I, 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 I didn't think it was that bad a performance. I knew it was going to be a bad night when they served holiday uh, sauce instead of gravy with the with the food in the director's box. That's always going to be a disaster. You know so. Well, what, what did you have? Chicken with rose with holiday sauce instead of gravy, you know. So that, that you know that, that's not good news. Oh, you know you're down south if you're getting holiday sauces for the gravy, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah. So well, I knew it was gonna be bad nights. I knew it was bad nights. Then. Oh no. Well, I, actually, if you could text me what the food is in the boardroom before a game, and I'll decide whether I'm coming or not based on that. Exactly. Exactly. No, but the, the one thing I will say is though, on the the pitches, how much better the pitches pitches compared to what they used to be like. The pitch of Charlton was really, really nice. The pitch yeah. of Wickham, the pitch of Wickham was really nice. Yeah. Our pitch was really good. I mean, it, it, it really, really, really impressive um, how much it's improved over the last ten years. I think. Yeah, you're right. Cheltenham used to be a ploughed field, and ours from about February onwards was always pretty rutted and terrible. But um, it's never looked as good. You're absolutely right, and that's uh, it, Rob Davison's doing a fantastic job. I know with the help of uh, you know some decent investment, which is good. So. We'll, we'll swiftly move on from the chart. I mean, I think, I think to close that one, I think, yeah, you know, we, we all, we all said, we, we, in many ways, I think Joel's probably at the nail on the head there, and the fact that we, we had more of the ball than we probably expected, and uh, they played the sort of uh, the sit back role at home, particularly when they were a goal up and they did it quite successfully. So, well, another night, Kieran Phillips hits, 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 hits it in the goal instead of on the crossbar. We couldn't come over the one-one draw. We're happy with it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. And I, I, as we move on, we go to we go to Adams Park and Wickham last Saturday, and uh, a, a, some some 
I, thankfully, some baffling decisions are going our way, Joel. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think the second one, in fairness, the second disallowed goal, it was a pretty obvious pull on push, Jacob push. Jacob uh, Jacob's arm. So definitely, yeah. but yeah, that that first disallowed goal, <laughs> I think we might have gotten away with that <laughs> no, a little bit. I, I, I watched that. I have no idea. Delaney, didn't, I mean, you can maybe say he was possibly. I think the logic is probably he's climbed on his shoulders, but Delaney <laughs> wasn't complaining. So yeah, we've got maybe gotten away with that one a little bit there. But overall, I don't think. Uh, we can deserve to win the game necessarily. I thought it was overall relatively evenly. You could argue either team might have smidged it, but you could you wouldn't say a point was totally unfair. And yeah, it was definitely a big improvement from uh, from the Cheltenham game. I thought Wicked did probably start a bit stronger, and then we kind of started to grow into the game a bit more, kind of keep them out a bit more, get a bit more, get a bit more play in, in their half. I thought there were some good good performances in from some of our attacking players. I thought Caleb Watts did well in the first half. Uh, it was interesting to see Don Love in a, in a different role. I thought when he received the ball and the, the way he kind of shifted his body weight and fainted to get out of tight positions, I thought that that, that was quite impressive. Uh, yeah, it was it, it was it was a decent performance. I thought, and it was really good for uh, Adam Med to come off the bench. And again, I'm sure we'll talk about him more in, in, in a minute about when we speak about Derby. But he he did make a really big positive impact off the bench, and for him to get the cut the, the goal in that way, I mean. It's a slightly uh, wacky way of doing it, but uh, <laughs> you know, you'll take him. And it was, it was, you know, I think Derek's mentioned how how good his left foot is, and, and we saw how good it was. And it was a, uh, it was appropriate that his first league goal was a uh, a left footed in swinging corner at uh, Adams Park directly in from that, because obviously we know how much. Uh, I think Wickham scored two goals like that last season, uh, direct from Joe Jay. I think probably Joe Jacobson corner. So it's uh, yeah. <laughs> nice for Wickham and Joe Jacobson to get a bit of a. Of a taste of their own medicine, there, courtesy of a 18 year, 19 year old youth product. Well, I, I, I'm, right, I'm right in thinking the corner that he took came from his own shot that was deflected that hit the post. Is that right? It was, and uh, it was, uh, I think, I think we actually have to give credit to Derek here because Jensen Weir was just about walking over to make take the corner, then promptly walked away because he got subbed off for uh, Shane McLaughlin as he was going to take the corner, which then led to uh, Adam Mayer taking the corner. And probably scoring from it. So I'm, oh, sure, well, that Derek, was, I'm Derek sure that knew. was all planned. That was yeah, Derek knew that was going to happen, didn't you, Derek? Well, we, we didn't know the ball was going to go in the back of the net, but we were hoping that he put a decent ball into the box for uh, the corner. But um, to score his first league goal uh, the way he did it was was fantastic for Adam. Um, he has been. He's still a development player. He, he's not a first team player uh, at this moment in time, which is even better for him. Um, what we've done is we've watched his progress. He was out on loan to Colne uh, during the start of the season. Uh, we were short on players. He came in to train with us. He did really well. And uh, he's then, you know, been able to force his way uh, into uh, starting uh, against Derby for his first game of the season. And uh, he, his work rate, the same as Dylan Connolly, uh, is fantastic. Um, his left foot uh, is very good. I thought his composure on the ball, the way he received it, the way he found space, and he was able to, you know, find a pass uh, on the night was very impressive as well. And uh, you know, to to make your debut, he knew the day before as well uh, was great for him uh, and his family as well. And uh, that's uh, um, how do I put this? It, it's a 
it's a tribute to yourself, Derek, and the fact that you've seen something in him and in the same way that you saw something in Carlos Mendes Gomez. Because Carlos had been with us for uh, a couple of seasons and never really had a chance. And you chucked Carlos in as if, like, yeah, you, you're good enough, crack on. And it's, is it the same sort of thing with Adam that you think, well, I think he's got something and he's proved it. And like I say, coming on, you know, Harrogate, he scored. Um, uh, or by it's in the Papa John's trophy, but then scores straight from a corner and was very influential, as you say, the other night. Um, he, he, if he carries on like this at his age, he's, he's, he's surely got a big future. Yeah, I mean, it's about understanding uh, what you want from a player in your team. And, and that's what, you know, I'm all about. And, you know, when I was at Plymouth Argyle, um, I was able to give Michael Cooper his, you know, first league start. Now he's the goalkeeper there permanently. Ryan Law, Luke Jeffcott, Adam Randall. It's about seeing these players and thinking that can they play in the first team? Uh, Carlos was playing in the reserve game and I was only just joined the club and I couldn't believe that he was playing in the reserves. And, and I've told this story before. I said to John McMahon, why is he playing in the reserves? He's playing on Saturday. Are you sure? Are you sure? I said, I'm sure he's playing. And sometimes you have to throw these players into a situation. And that's what I did with Adam uh, on Tuesday night because... I believe that he could make an impact in the game. He had come off a high on Saturday against Wigan, uh, Wickham. He doesn't care less, and that's in a good way, not in a bad way. He just wants to play football and wants to do well. He takes on information uh, quite well. Uh, that will become better uh, as we go on. But he just wants to be a football player. And that, at a young age, is vital. And, and we've got a very, very young squad this year. Um, if you look at Saturday, the likes of Kieran Phillips, Caleb Watts, Jensen Weir, um, and, and Luke, uh, Liam Shaw as well. Sure. Um, they're extremely young players and they're all competing at League One level, playing against your, your Wicked Wanderers and your Derby Counties and your Barnsley's who have come down from the Championship. It's not easy. And uh, I just think that these players can help us, you know, in the long run. And looking back at the game, um, it was nice, nice for a change to be talking about decisions that went our way, wasn't it? Well, I, I've got to disagree. I think the first one was a foul. Uh, he had votes of two hands uh, on top of uh, Ryan Delaney's uh, shoulders, and it, it was impacting him to jump for the ball. Um, and I thought the referee had a you know very good afternoon because it's it can be quite easy for an official at a home venue not to give these decisions. We've seen it uh, a number of times this season, uh, i.e. against Ipswich Town and the other night against Derby, that uh, it can be easy for uh, officials just to give the decision. And, I, and one of the reasons I believe that that happens is that um, I do believe that the social media content uh, causes a problem. If you give a bad decision against uh a team of Derby County, Ipswich Town, uh, Portsmouth, whoever you want to, you know, Plymouth Argyle, um, Sheffield Wednesday, then mm. Twitter followers could go on Twitter and, you know, speak about the referee had uh, a shocking night. If you do that when you're a Morecambe supporter, how many Twitter followers do we have or yeah. social media content? And, and you see it when there's goal of the day 
it's usually not the best goal of the day. It's how big your support is uh, on the Twitter that uh, wins the wars. And, and I do think that that goes into referees' minds at times, that um, they might be thinking, well, if I give this decision, am I going to get battered on social media for the whole night, for the whole weekend, for the whole week? Is it going to affect where I am next week? And I, I do think it is something that uh, does play on their minds. Well, I suppose it's human nature, isn't it? That you're you, you're going to your performance. Um, if it's even if you're in an everyday job, if uh, if your workmates and your colleagues tell you that you got something wrong, you, you're going to get grief for it. You're going to be thinking, do I blow the whistle or not? It's a yeah, I mean, th- th- but this is where it's all wrong. Referees should be, you know, they're part of the game. They want to be the part of the. They've got to come out and explain their decisions at some point. You know, we have moved on so much over the years. We've taken in VAR to help them. It's not to to help football, it's to help referees uh, as well as get the right decision. Uh, I just think that, you know, sometimes they they can come out and, and speak to the public who are paying their wages uh, and mm. as we are as managers, have to contractually have to come out and speak before and after games. I just think it would help and, and we would have a lot more love uh, for them uh, if they did that. I, I I agree with you completely and it's something that I, I think is a fantastic idea for the simple fact that it would be great to hear a referee come out and say, well, yeah, I gave that because uh, I've seen it since and, I OK, I got it wrong, but I gave it in all, you know, and you probably would have a little bit more respect for him, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, they don't have to come out and say, yeah, I got it wrong. Or They can come out and say, this is the reason I gave this decision. And this is the laws of the game. And this is why this decision was was given. And um, a lot of supporters, a lot of players would appreciate that. But um, are we going to see it uh, anytime soon? Probably not. No, I'm it's not. like anything. It's like anything in business, right? You've got to be accountable for your actions. Even if you make the wrong decision, you make you explain and hold accountability for yourself. People will people let, let you off a lot of the time. You know, as long as you've tried your best and you've got your interpretation of it. Um, I think uh, with the young players, um, it reminds me a little bit of Rooney in two, Euro two thousand and four. Is it? Yeah. When Rooney came into England team and he was just like an absolute bull in a china shop, you know, not caring who he was playing against. He was playing against William Zidane and all those players. And not just Adam Mayer, it's Liam Shaw and Jensen Weir and all of them. They're playing with such confidence, Derek. And I think they're really making the, the older players, I think, I think it's like a, a wave of positivity and, and, and lots and lots of effort that uh, they're all pulling in the same direction. I think it's been great to see Adam come into the team. Yeah, I mean, it's something that we have to obviously uh, do more of is get young players through uh, our system. And, uh, you know, it's important that, you know, Adam, you know, kicks on now. He is actually, he can't play tomorrow night in the FA Cup because he played for Colm in the first rounds of the the FA Cup. So that's unfortunate for him, but, uh, you know, he has got a bright future. And you were, you were at Wickham, Charlie. You were happy with the point? Um, you can tell we're going to score. I don't know what Derek thinks, but the, the, the momentum was, you can feel the momentum there. One nil down. You can tell we're going to score. I don't know how, how we're going to score. But when we scored, it was almost like we we, we were unlucky to not, you know, win 2-1. Adam maybe slotted that one away. And um, I, felt, I felt like we... 
we could have won it really, but we obviously had to be the point. After that's what happened last year when we were drawing and let, let go in the last kick of the game. Yeah. Um, it, it was a clear foul. I mean, I heard on the podcast today where they said that, that Conor Ripley was uh, was was, make, was was feigning an injury when it went down. And I was like, what are you talking about? Not sure at all. But I, I felt that one one was a good result. But I think we could have nicked it, Derek. Didn't he? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that um, you know Wickham is a very very difficult place to go to uh, at the best of times, and you know our one problem this season so far is we haven't been able to get the wins uh, because there's a number of teams that if you look at it from a win drop percentage uh, and, and points are important but wins are, are more important that there is a number of teams that have, have lost more games than us and there is a number of teams that uh, their win and drop uh, on of games is, is is a lot less than us as, as well. You only have to look at you know the likes of Burton, Forest Green, Milton Keynes, Dons, Cheltenham, um, Cambridge. They've all lost or they haven't won uh, or drawn more games uh, than this this season. We just haven't won enough games uh, at this moment in time. And you can all the way look up to Barnsley. If you look at you know from our point of view, we've got nine winning. Draw, drawing of games already this season. Barnsley have got 10, Wickham have got 10, Exeter have got 10 and Bristol Rovers have 10. That's how tight it is in the league. It's the wins that are are vital and uh, it's how difficult it is to get that wins and that's why we're probably disappointed that you know the Cheltenham game, the Cambridge games, teams that are round about us, uh, we haven't been able to to win. The same with Atkinson, you know, due to the sending off of, of Arthur uh, set us back. So, um, these are the games that we really need to to be winning. You know, we've lost fourteen points from winning positions this season, and uh, that's more than any club uh, in League One. And uh, you know, I always um, read or I hear uh, supporters saying that um, we don't go for the the teams and we don't uh, you know get about them. Well, that stat will tell you that. We've lost 14 points from winning positions this season, the highest in the league. That means we've been ahead in these games of football. So that means we have tried to, to win, you know, football matches. And uh, probably that's some of the Derek Adams haters out there that uh, wouldn't like to, to say that. Uh, it, uh, it's a it's a fair point that people make that I, I knew about the dropping the points from winning positions. I, I think you know our issue has been we, we've been we've been on top in many games and it was pretty much we come to Derby County on Tuesday night in front of over five thousand people and a great turnout and a great atmosphere uh, and a great performance. We had just as many chances as them in the first half, didn't we? Uh, and in the end, Joel, it, it, we were yes, we were hanging on at the end, but uh, I don't think we were. I, don't, I think we'd reduce them to sort of like lobbing free kicks in and just long ball, haven't we? Yeah, I don't. I think similarly to the Barnsley game, I don't think we we really let up at any point for any particular extended period in in that derby game. I think uh, at the end they look the quality that derby have got. They are there are going to be periods in the game where. They're really going to start getting on top of you. I think the period leading up to the goal was probably one of those periods because they were really fired up looking for an equaliser after missing two penalties. So, you know, you could, but at the end of that, I don't think it 
especially against Derby, I think we really kept. I think we, we did a good job of keeping the intensity up for you know pretty much the whole game. I don't think we really let it slip. I think the, you could kind of see that as well by, like you say, they Derby didn't really have many good chances from open play. I think Paul, Paul Warren actually I heard him complain about the fact that they didn't make enough from open play, and a lot of that is that's testament to how well we we kept them out. And I think similar to Barnsley as well, like we just didn't let them into our final third as as much, and it meant that we you know we were able to defend the situations a bit better. But I thought, yeah, really good performance, and even like late on, you know, Dylan Conley's almost gone through. Uh, I think we've had a couple of chances. I think I think the introduction of, of Dylan again was really, really really positive. I think there's one when he's dribbled down the wing, he's cut it back. Liam Shaw, it's a it's a fabulous turn the way he's kind of taken it on his yeah, right foot and spun. It just fell over, didn't he? Yeah, it just the Derby players managed just about to get in the way. Uh, we've had a penalty turned down that you know that I thought looked pretty stone wall with, with the handball. So, you know, it's 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 a funny one to come out of a game against Derby yeah. County. Where we've conceded two penalties, and 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 to think, you know what, we could have really, really won that. You know, we were that. You know, we weren't far off, and we definitely were more than were worthy of a point. So yeah, really happy with the performance. But it's funny to come away from that game thinking, oh, you know what, we could have won that. But and just finally, quick shout out to Connor Ripley for those penalty shit saves because they were they were brilliant, especially the first one. I thought with that left hand getting down. Fantastic and uh, playing the little psychological games with David McGoldrick as well. Really good. And Jensen wins goal, by the way. Oh, what, what a bit of skill. Taking it on his left foot, volley, knocking it over the first touch and then volleying it. Brilliant. I'm Derek Adams, fifth, 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 uh, fifth in the league of Derek supporters behind his mum and dad, James Wentz and Rod Taylor. And um, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm Adams in. Um, and, uh, you know, I think we, uh, I made the point that. Last year, we conceded four against Wickham, three against Cheltenham. We probably conceded about five against Derby if we played them in the Championship. And um, we, uh, we, uh, we shorted the defence. We're getting so many chances. Compared to the games at the beginning of the season, I feel like every, every game we're playing now, our defence is better. Connor's on absolute fire. And um, we're creating loads of chances. We're 16 chances with Derek on against Wickham yeah. and how many against Derby. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the problem we've got is that um, we're in League One and it, it, it's a fantastic league to be in. Um, you know, do we have uh, the squad numbers? Do we have the quality uh, of a Derby County, a Wickham Wanderers, a Barnsley? We don't, but we have to find a way, tactically or physically, uh, to get the better uh, of the opposition. And uh, that's what we have to do better at uh, with the teams that are around about us uh, at this moment in time. And if we continue uh, in the manner that we're going, then you know we'll have a successful season. Those of like you've got you've got Adam Mayer and uh, Caleb, like two new signings because they've been playing, and then you've got Liam Liam Shaw and Jensen Weir seem to be so much more. I don't know if Peter or more used to playing the team or more used to your system or. Whatever, but in, in defence, we'll play more. Jacob, Jacob sweeps it behind everyone. Vance O'Connor's done pretty well since he came in. And, um, you know, every every match you watch, you, you just feel a lot more positive. And, uh, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm over positive sometimes, but I really do believe that we'll, 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 we'll start to string a few results along the way as we go along. I, th- I think I think you'll find most people were positive the other night, Charlie, because the, the performance, I mean, yes, we didn't get the win, 
But most every single person that I spoke to said that was a fantastic game of football. Uh, it was really, really entertaining. Derby came to have a goal. We had a right good yeah. goal. Could have been a goal up after two minutes, Derek. With uh, I think Kieran Phillips surprised him with his pace and did absolutely brilliantly to create that chance himself. But keeper made a good save. Adam Mayer's had another chance. Um, you must have been pretty proud of the lads because it was a pretty, as you've said, it was a pretty young side. But that young side had loads of energy, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, we have got, you know, a really young side this season. Uh, on Tuesday night, we had Connor Ripley uh, and Anthea Connor, who were the older uh, players in the team, but to give that experience. Ryan Cooney, still a very young player. Uh, Liam Gibson is getting more experience. But, you know, in that middle of the park going forward, um, we're still young. Delaney and Bidou uh, are not the oldest from a league point of view. but over the night, I was really proud of the players, the way that they stuck to this ta task and, uh, you know, gave Derby County a real run for it. I mean, Derby, obviously, as you said, assembled uh, a very useful squad. And uh, as we saw with uh, Mendes Lang and Dobbin, they had oh. a pace to burn. And yet, uh, yeah. Gibbo <laughs> did really, really well to keep Mendes Lang in check. Uh, Mendes like got a yard on him every time but Gibbo somehow managed to get in there every single time uh, and the same with Cooney with Dobbin uh, it, it, it was one of those games where they were very very sharp and very very quick but because of uh, I looked at it and thought because of the youth and because of our enthusiasm everybody saw everybody else right I'm going to do that I'm going to do that and it rubbed off didn't it Adam Mayer had, had the most fantastic eight minutes as we've spoken about because just his, his chasing, his energy, but then when he was in possession, he had such maturity and picked the right pass. But that's the thing, when you play younger players, they don't have baggage, they don't know anybody, they don't know the opposition. And I think Adam Muir probably didn't even know any of their players. He no. wouldn't even know who they were. And that's sometimes, you know, a positive, uh, because you have no respect for the opposition. Go and play against them, see what they've got. And, and that's what he did on the night. And um, Should we be on the same playing field as Derby County? No, we shouldn't from a financial point of view. The last chairman spent £250 million on the football club. The new owners came in and spent £55 million already. We would like probably a little fraction of that money to, to for our football club. <laughs> I'd, I'd take uh, I'd take one percent of that. <laughs> well, well, one uh, percent uh, a lot, yes. <laughs> so yeah, it, it was it was a great performance, a great atmosphere. Um, again, another point picked up, and every, every single point at this stage of the season, Joel, is is it's it's gold, isn't it? Yeah, you just uh, at the end of the day, it's, you don't want to think too hard about that. We've got X amount of points to get before to get out of the relegation zone or whatever. You just got to keep thinking, you know, get as many points on the board as possible. I think we, we start, I think over the last few weeks, we have started to put a few more points on the board. I think particularly that our, our, our performances against the better sides like your derbies and your barsies and, and your switches. I think, I don't want to say we've, we've cracked it because you, you've, you've never cracked it. Each game's a new challenge and each team brings something different, but we've definitely found a good way and a kind of good formula for putting up a really good fight against uh, against these teams at the top of the table. And, that, and that's been really pleasing to see. 
because we'll keep picking up. I think we are I'm pretty confident that we will keep up picking up points throughout against these teams. So we're gonna lose some of the, some of the games against them and that, that'll happen. But I do feel confident now that against these top teams definitely pick up points and you'll win here and there against them, which is a really big positive. And hopefully, as as a couple of fans have already said, Derek, uh, nobody gets relegated in November. We can uh, we can with with the if we can get some momentum, we can actually hopefully start surprising a few teams. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what we want to do. I think that um, we have had players coming back from injury now, uh, and Charlie rightly said, you know, Adam Mayer and Caleb Watts coming back in. I think Caleb's only started three games this season. Adam Mayer started one. Kieran Phillips hasn't started a lot of games, but you know he's always, always in a position that he can score a goal. Uh, he's done that ever since you know he came into to the club. Yes, he fatigues at times because of his age and the, the intensity of the games that we've had. Uh, but I think that you know for Jensen Weir to score five goals already this season uh, is a huge positive, and I just think that as a group, they're a very good group. Yes, we've got one or two that we had hoped that would help us more than they have done uh, at the start of, of this season. And, uh, you know, we need to, you know, get them back to form to, to help us going forward. Yeah, I was going to say that's the, you know, we all know that the cold conundrum here. Um, obviously, he's made it fairly obvious um, that he would have liked to have left uh, and then obviously we've had a situation where he's come back in and there's been flashes of the old coal, but he just looks like he needs a go- an arm around his shoulder and a goal, doesn't he? Well, he's certainly, you know, needing that. I, I think that, you know, the football club uh, put a valuation uh, on him over the summer and um, unfortunately for him that um, it didn't come to position that uh, the move came about. The club didn't get the money that uh, they required uh, for his services. And um, I think that's been very, you know, difficult for him. Now it's, you know, up to him to, to work hard uh, and get himself uh, back in the team. He, he's out of the team at uh, this moment in time because other players have, have taken over from him and, and done well. And uh, mm-hmm. as a manager, that's what you want. Um, do I want my second highest goal scorer from last season on the bench? No, I don't. But uh, the other ones are ahead of them. And it, it, it's uh, something that I, I picked up on. Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, you, you come across as somebody who, if a player comes in and does well, you stick by that player. And uh, even, even if the player who's gone out has been injury or suspension, they've got to they've got to earn their place back. And I'm. I'm thinking, uh, you know, Donald Love, Ryan Cooney. Ryan's come in and taken his chance and not let anybody down. And the last two games, last three games, Anthony O'Connor has come back in because uh, Big Faz has has been suspended, but Big Faz was available against Derby and you stuck with Anthony because of his, you know, he did well on Saturday. And uh, you've got, they've got this mentality where when I'm back in, I'm going to stay in and that's going to help the team long term, isn't it? Well, as an employee, uh, that's all you want from your manager is is respect. And uh, if the manager, you know, sees that you've come in and you've done well, uh, and you believe that you you stay there, then 
you know, I think that that goes a long way. You know, tomorrow night is my 650th match as a manager. And uh, with that uh, comes experience and, and understanding uh, individuals and uh, team spirit, harmony. And yes, at times I've probably sometimes played players when maybe I've, I've showed maybe too much loyalty to them. But uh, you soon get that knocked out of you again. And uh, that's what I've done, you know, with Andy O'Connor, Ryan Cooney coming in. They've done well. They deserve to stay in the team. And, and it's up for the other players, Donald Love, uh, Rawson, to get back in the side. I wasn't the one on the pitch uh, picking up the bookings. They've picked up the bookings because um, they've either been in a bad position, they've either shown dissent, and uh, it's up to them to get back in the team uh, but it just takes you know time you know as a player to do that but it must be pleasing for you even as a manager and I know obviously there was a situation at the start of the season where uh, there was quite a few placed on the transfer list and uh, those those players have, have reacted pretty well to actually you know not being in the team but then taking the chance and you, you know, from your point of view, thinking, well, actually, I, I'd, I'd prefer, I'd maybe prefer at the start of the season other players, but I'm stuck with these. But now these guys are actually proving that they're worth something, which is good for you as a manager, but good for them as a professional footballer. Yeah, I mean, there was a big problem at the end of last season is that the majority of the budget was taken up by the players that are already in contract. And um, I had to find some way uh, of moving on players to try and get players into the football club. A number of these players had uh, um, contract extensions where their money went up over the year. So um, that cost the club uh, an extra £100,000 close to. Uh, so that comes off of the budget. The ones that had been in the promotion winning season who weren't on as big money as the players that had come in had left us. And um, all in all, then you've got to spend more money. It becomes an extremely difficult transfer window when you have to do that. And uh, that's the reason that I had to do what I had to, to do. I knew that all the players wouldn't leave uh, because financially uh, they might not get the money that they were on elsewhere or they might not felt that the club that they wanted to go to uh, was right for them. The yeah. option was always for them to stay at the football club uh, and, and that's what has happened. Some of them have played... Uh, a number of games. Delaney's played uh, a number of games. Cooney's played. Mm. O'Connor's come down uh, and, and played now. So they're the ones that, you know, have, have come back into the side. We've got a number that are still on the transfer list that haven't. Uh, and uh, we need to reduce uh, the wage bill to take players in in January because if we don't do that, then there'll be no transfer market in January unless we get a cup run or the football club is sold. And uh, that's that's where we uh, we move on to Charlie, then, isn't it? How, how's things going, Charlie? Are you, are you uh, fully aware of what's going on behind the scenes? I know that I read I read uh, Ben's little statement out today, and he said there's been, as with any football club, there are, it's been going on behind the scenes, and they've been negotiating with the Bond Group. Uh, uh, can you tell us anything? When I write my memoirs, Chapter Seven, the Derek Adams years, Morecambe FC. In the future, I'll be able to tell you. Um, there has, has been interest in the club. There's been there's two or three people who have been, have been considering 
opportunities. Uh, there's one, one, there's one part that's a bit further down the track than the others. But again, that's up to the Jason, the owner. We, the board directors are well informed of what's going on. We don't have any, we don't have a decision making capabilities of, of actually choosing the actual buyer. We can, we obviously have to meet them and vet them and give our approval. When it gets to that stage, it hasn't got to that stage yet. But at the moment, we're, we're just plowing on and, uh, um, just managing a couple of day-to-day -day basis as, as, as prudently as possible. But uh, like Derek says, we need to try and get some football fortunes, try and get some transfer money, try and create some revenue from somewhere because Greg, 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 Greg goes to watch a lot of a lot of matches. I'm sure Greg and Derek and John have got some ideas for transfers in January, which we're desperate to try and help with. Um, but um, there is there literally is no no concrete news at the moment, David. Well, thanks for being honest. I'll go yeah. back to Derek. I'll go back to Derek now. Presumably, you have to uh, plan for the uh, the best case scenario and the worst case scenario. You and Greg, we're looking at people saying, "Well, we'd, we'd like him, but if we can't get him, we can have him instead." Or, uh, you know, you, you've got to carry on doing that, haven't you, just in case something happens? Yeah, I mean, what what I do is, you know, sit down with uh, the staff, and uh, we do it on a weekly basis. And uh, we had a a meeting last week over Zoom uh, just to to go through um, the, the type of player that uh, we're looking for. And we have five players for every position uh, that um, we have identified. Uh, they've got to be possibilities. Uh, yes, another club might get them, but we just feel that um, these ones might help us uh, come to transfer window. How many players we're going to get in? How many players we're going to get out? Are we going to get any uh, transfer funds? We do have no idea, but we have to be ready for any possibility, and uh, we are ready uh, for that. Uh, and you know, working hard uh, in the football department, you know, to do that. We are two bodies less uh, football-wise, staff-wise than last year, so um, you know, it, it is uh, time-consuming, and uh, we're doing well at it. And uh, just a, a, a final one for me before I I let Joel uh, uh, torture you with these questions. Um, the the injury scenario. Um, obviously, um, we're in November now. Jake Taylor uh, and Ashley Hunter. Are we going to see them hopefully before the new year? Uh, Ash Hunter, no. Um, he'll be the longest, uh, except for Courtney Dufus. Uh, Max Melbourne uh, will hopefully start training next week and Jake Taylor uh, close to the end of next week, the beginning of the following week. So uh, they two are the closest uh, of the four uh, that can, you know, come back into it. Um, and, you know, that will help us. Uh, Liam Gibson has been fantastic uh, this season, as always. Uh, and he's had to play, you know, 21 matches already uh, this season. Ryan Cooney is now back in. He can play at left back, and Donald Love can swap over. Uh, but you know, we'd like Max to get back in. We need competition for places yeah. in midfield. We're a bit short on numbers. We understand that. We knew that uh, at the start of of the season. But uh, there's nothing we could do. We've got a long term injury in Courtney, uh, who's going to be out for the majority of the season. Yeah, it's, uh, it's sad for any professional, and particularly sad for well. Uh, we had everyone had high hopes of Ash Hunter because obviously he was uh, he was such an influence in uh, in pre season that we thought we'd got a little diamond there. So I'm, I'm, I'm you know it's pretty bad for the player. But uh, looking at the team overall, I think we've coped pretty well, don't you? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I always, I mean, we we're, we're in some games where we need someone to do something different, and and the two players that can do that are probably Caleb Watts and Ash Hunter, and they've been out injured for a period of time, either starting or come off the bench. They can do something that someone else can't. Jake Taylor is is slightly different. He can play in a number of different positions in midfield, but he can still open up a defence. Yeah. Uh, we've got Kieran Phillips who can run behind and score goals as well. We missed Arthur Gonoa as well, who was out for three and a half matches uh, yeah. through uh, suspension. So we, we've got through that period uh, well. Um, we do feel that you know we obviously need more wins on the table, but you know, to out of our 17 games, nine of them, you know, we've we've taken something from them. And, uh, you know, there's a number of teams that haven't done that. Joel, what have you got for Derek? Yeah, to us, actually, I'm, <clears throat> you've just made me think about like players like Ash Hunter and Caleb Watts. I think it, it's interesting to hear you make that kind of distinction. I think you've, I've heard you use the phrase before, I think when talking about Carlos, like the ability to turn a game. So like players like Jake Taylor and Jensen Weir, they're very good quality. They can do some really high quality things. But then I guess you've got people like Hunter and Watts. Is it maybe that they do something that's almost a little bit more unpredictable? Yeah, I mean, I always liked that, you know, in my team because, you know, I had a, like a Carey and a Lemires when I was at uh, Plymouth Argyle and they could do something out of nothing. And that's something that we haven't got in the team uh, at this moment in time. Jensen Weir has, you know, picked a goal out of nothing uh, for us, but you can't be just a team that uh, plays the same way all the time. You need somebody to do something different, and that's where a hunter and a watch, you know, come into it. The other players do the, the dirty work, uh, so to speak, and they're the ones that uh, you know find a pass or you know find a goal for us. So to go back to some of the other players we've just mentioned now, I, I want to ask about Liam Gibson because obviously. Uh, Max Melbourne being out has meant that he's been left wing back or left back for for a very long period of time now. And but obviously he's been given the number four. And at the start of the season he was quite often playing in defensive midfield, which I, I think has been interesting to see. I think he, I, I personally think he's got some skills that can definitely work out there. So is that so when you kind of identify a player who can work in a different position like you have done with Gibson, is it kind of a case of saying? Right, they've got these. They're playing left back, but he's got these certain skills that I think can work in defensive midfield. Yeah, I mean, I've you know I had Jan Songo uh, when I was at Ross County, took him from Blackburn Rovers on loan, and then took him to Plymouth Argyle, then to Morecambe, and he's one that uh, started off as a centre half, but then became a defensive midfield player. And what I liked about Liam Gibson playing in that defensive midfield role was that he's left sided. He could defend uh, in a one-v-one situation. He could help the fullback, but he could also find a pass as well. And uh, in this league, his height, his physical presence, uh, his willingness to win uh, were things that I liked about him And uh, in that area. And I thought that he, he could have done well for us uh, in that area this season. He's gone back to left wing back, stroke left back and uh, to his more natural position and, uh, you know, performed very well. I give Liam a hard time because um, I think he's got ability. Uh, I still think he can push himself even more uh, to become, you know, a better uh, all-round player. I think it's interesting you pick on his ability as well because he he does seem to be quite good at handling the ball in tight spaces as well, which I guess is another thing that make him kind of adept at being in defensive midfield. 
Yeah, I mean, we the, the thing about him playing in there is that if you had to play a Watts, a Hunter, a, a Gano, a Connolly uh, in front, then you're not asking them to do as much of the defensive work. It's left to the others at the back to, to, to do that. And, and that's where you're able to get the best of the creative players in front of you because you're not asking them to do as much defensive work as they will do without these players behind them. Actually, that, that's quite a nice little kind of segue into kind of what another thing I kind of wanted to ask about because uh, looking back to last season now, the, the the kind of changes we made leading up into the, the change that you made, sorry, leading up into that Burton game and then that run of games that had a few wins, it, it felt like quite, with, with, with Fane sitting behind uh, Wilding and Phillips, it felt quite similar, almost a bit of a throwback to uh, what we had around Christmas time 2020 uh, when it was Jan Songo sitting behind Phillips and Wilding. So was that, I think you've just reminded me of that there, just saying it's like having somebody right saying, right, you're doing the dirty work, and then gives that freedom to yeah, Wilding and Phillips. Yeah, my, my preferred formation would be to play 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1. And um, I've always you know, tried to play that way. There is a number of times I've gone to, Three at the back, played with um, five across the middle, two up front. Not something that uh, we like to do all the time. We've gone to three, played a box in midfield and played with two wing backs as well uh, and one up front. And we, we have to be adaptable. We're in a league where there's teams that are we're coming up against that are doing playing against, have got individually very good players. So we have to look at their strengths first. How do we deal with their strengths and then look at their weaknesses well how can we get at them and um, that's what we look on a on a weekly basis and, and you'll probably see that you know I have changed the team a number of times we'll change the team uh, for the cup game uh, tomorrow night because I see what the strengths are at Sheffield Wednesday but they've also got weaknesses as well and, and we have to try and exploit that there is a bit of um fatigue in some of the players because they've had to play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for a, for a bit and, and all I'm trying to do is to try and get the best we can for this game. It's a big pitch, we're going to have to run hard and uh, we've got another game you know, on Tuesday but the most important game is tomorrow night but change in formation uh, is something that you know we have to be adaptable uh, uh, in this league because no disrespect to our squad, myself, the players not as good as you know some of the top teams in this division, and I get I guess you, your hands kind of being forced at certain times of the season with, with the injuries. I think uh, there was there was quite a long period where our only only two wingers were Mahua and Connolly, and obviously it's not ideal starting starting both of them because then you've got nothing off the bench. You can need to change up somebody gets injured, and then obviously Mahua has been injured for was out for a period, so it was literally only Connolly was the only person who can play on the wing. So that must have been frustrating at that period when you had those limited options? Yeah, it was. Uh, but I will say that um, we went to Rotherham and, uh, you know, played with Gano and uh, Connolly up front. And uh, I thought they were fantastic uh, on that night, that their work rate, they were able to run down the sides uh, of the, the Rotherham defenders. Arthur got his goal. Uh, I thought that, uh, you know, and you're right, we didn't have the options Last week was probably the best bench we've had uh, this season uh, because of the competition for places. Unfortunately, due to uh, 
tomorrow night we're going to be down to six on the bench tomorrow night because we've got uh, a couple of injuries uh, we've got uh, one of the players has, has got a family funeral that uh, he, he can't get back from because of where it is uh, so we've got you know just back to, to having these issues that to, you have to deal with yeah and I think it's just great that we're not going to have that available to, tomorrow night but like you said I think we've seen the 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 contributions that having a slightly stronger bench over the last few weeks has made because obviously late on it's Barnsley we've been able to bring Dylan and uh, and Adam Mayer on quite late and then it's Wickham we were able to change things up a bit bringing Stockton on and again against uh, against Derby we're able to change it around but I think you mentioned with also like having those subtle formation changes like because I think Barnsley obviously correct me if I'm wrong it looked kind of like more of a three four one two with a we're in we're in, in that kind of hole making those runs in behind from the field and then last night I think it was that more kind of uh not last night sorry yeah uh, it was that more box kind of yes field, wasn't it yeah I mean we, we have to that, and that's what I'm saying look at the strengths and then look at where we can cause them trouble and that's what you know why did I take Adam Mayer in I thought that he could you know cause Derby trouble would they they wouldn't know who Adam Mayer is uh Caleb uh, obviously gets into pockets, but it's on a game by game basis. We we really have to to look tactically how we can get the better of of the opposition, but also how can we stay in the game uh, long enough as well. And, and by staying in the game, can we go ahead in the game, which we have done uh, so many times this season, uh, to give us that you know advantage? And I guess as well, also having those extra options on the bench. Obviously, the attacking options coming back, it gives you different things you can do attacking-wise if you need to change things up. But also, it's just just that little bit of extra energy and legs to keep up the intensity, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's been the big thing for me. You know, to take on a Dylan Connolly uh, with 10, 15 minutes to go certainly, you know, helps you. You know, to have uh, Stockton coming on uh, as a sub, you know, having, you know, like Sakela Watts who can start the game, come off the bench, if it's a Phillips to come off the bench. It, you know, we've got starting to get options now with, with, with Arthur coming back and defensively, you know, Ross and Love uh, on your bench as well. They've already, you know, started games, played games and uh, that's the competition for the places that you, you're going to, to require. Oh, very interesting. Thanks, Derek. Uh, yeah, back to you, Freeze. So moving on, um, I, I don't think I've got anything else for uh, for Derek. I think I've just about covered everything that I could think of there. Just to have a quick look, have to put my glasses on at this point, which always makes good uh, listening on a podcast, doesn't it? Um, no, that's it. I, I've done that, so we've done everything there. Charlie, have you got anything to add? No, I think we're going to talk about tactics and analysis. Harry, the big... Round of applause from everyone. He works way in the background, doesn't Derek? Not very people don't see much of him, but Harry the Harry the analyst is very, 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 very good addition. Um, and he's a great, great guy to have in the squad. Yeah, I mean, we've got um, you know a very good you know backroom staff. We haven't got a big backroom staff, but you know every morning at quarter past nine we have a a meeting, and uh, you know we've got John McMahon, Barry Roach, we've got. Um, uh, Ollie, uh, who you know does a fantastic job, uh, Harry, who is you know we, we took him in uh, a number of seasons ago now, uh, and he you know analyzes things and helps me uh, greatly. 
uh, and Les, the kit man, who you know I love to bits because he is more come through and through. He works ever so hard uh, on his own, you know, for for many long hours. And you know, the football staff, some of them you don't see. John Schofield, Mick Horton, uh, you know, really helping. And as Charlie said, you know, we had a night out, uh, the board and the manager uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it was just a great night to talk football, talk stories, and. Uh, get to know you know everyone better and uh, it, it is a you know a, a very good football club from a, a family orientated point of view all the staff and the commercial and the hospitality uh, are always around to chat and uh, you know we got on very well that's always good to hear and uh, always nice to hear from that point of view because uh, when the back's against the wall at least we know we're all pulling in the right direction well, that's the thing. Uh, as I always say, when a manager goes up for the manager of the month award, he's always got about 20 staff around about him. But when the manager goes out the door, he's got his black bag in himself. So uh, it's important you stick together in the good and the bad times, but uh, that doesn't always happen. No, true. And uh, <laughs> uh, permit me to say that, but that's why you're manager of us now. And, uh, you know, because you've been here and done it. So that's the trust is there. And I think you've yes. earned that trust, Derek. Yeah, I mean, I got on really well with it with the chairman, the co-chairman, uh, Rod. Uh, it has been, you know, fantastic since I've been at uh, the football club. He is just a genuine, really nice person. And, uh, you know, uh, he has been very supportive. How long may that continue? I, and, and, and all the directors have. I, I can't, I have to mention Charlie and James and, uh, you know, it, 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 they are the ones that have come from being a supporter to understand where Morecambe Football Club have come to and where they want the football club to go to. And yes, they want to do it sometimes too quickly. That's not been disrespectful. Uh, I know that uh, they had a three-year plan and the three-year plan got ripped up because uh, we got there quite quickly. But uh, yeah, that, you was know, your, support, that was your fault. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, but it, the... They want to do the best for the football club and the supporters, and they listen to the supporters so much um, that uh, anything that uh, you know goes about around the football club to try and improve it, uh, they, they try and do. And again, long may that continue. So, Joel, anything from the trust before we wrap up? Yeah, just uh, we're doing the Christmas toy appeal again this year. Ah, brilliant! We're, yeah, we're really pleased to be able to do that. Obviously, yeah. Uh, Joe's not on the ball, but she's wanting to come back and help with that. And uh, Podgy's obviously another big uh, driving uh, force behind that. He's been co-opted back on the board. So we're getting that uh, running again this year. So that's, that's 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 collection by the end of November to go out early December, isn't it, Matt? It is indeed, yeah. So we're doing a collection on the 12th of November, which will be before the Portsmouth game. Uh, yep. 12.30 till 2.30 at the Mazuma. It'll be, it'll, be, it'll be very obvious where it is. And obviously keep an eye on Facebook and socials and everything. So, yeah, it's presents for uh, for all the family from kind of four to 16 uh, years old. So, like, ball games, craft sets, pencils, colouring books, football, obviously, <laughs> footballs and sporting sets and anything like that. And, uh, yeah, it must be new and in a box. But, yeah, so come along if you've, you know, it's been really successful in previous years and you know, it's a really nice thing to be able to run again. And just a final one from me, the uh, being involved with the setting up of the former Players Association, uh, that's a big day for us. Um, the club have been brilliant. 
Uh, I think we've got something in the region of 55, maybe 60 ex-players coming for the Portsmouth game. They're all in the local choice suite. They'll be on the pitch beforehand. Uh, and there are some absolutely... There's people that go back to the 1950s, which is absolutely stunning. Uh, and they're coming from far and wide, and seriously are coming from far and wide, to, to say... Um, and uh, following on from what Derek said, uh, this is a strange one because I, I've been contacting old players that I was kept in con contact with from the conference days in the sort of like 90s and the 2000s. And uniformly, every single one of them says, oh, yeah, I'll, I'd love to come back because Morecambe's the best club I ever played for. And that's that goes back to Rod Taylor again, Derek, because Rod was about in the 80s and the 90s. And they always speak very fondly of Rod. So what you're saying is just echoed by players from that area, which nice, nice for you to hear. Yeah, I mean, he's a fantastic chairman. Him and Graham, you know, do a lot of hours for the football club and all the board do as well. And um, I think that the football club has got to where it has because of uh, the staff, the supporters, the supporters you know, supported this football club through thick and thin and um, would they have believed they would be in League One playing against the, the, the teams that they're playing against? There's no way because financially we haven't thrown money at it. We've got here through hard graft and merit and uh, I think that that's what a lot of Morecambe football players and staff have about them is, is a gratitude to working hard to be successful and at the end of the day when you do that and you are successful you deserve you know a, a pat in the back and that's what every one that's associated with this football club throughout the years because they're all part of the history uh, of, of where we are today yeah and they've all played you've got one point to make we should make sure that the, the 55 new players are names down trialist one trialist two trialist three trialist four trialist five rather to trialist 50 trialist 55 Probably some good left left backs in there. <laughs> and on that note, I can't top that, Charlie. <laughs> this has been episode 13 of the season of uh, Shrimpnet. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Derek. Thank you to Charlie. Thank you to Joel, as usual. Um, we'll be back next week to hopefully talk about uh, the, the two-shot wins. Uh, away at Sheffield Wednesday and away at MK Dons because we haven't even done a preview for those because they're just, you know, the cup games and we're, we're up for them. Uh, but good luck with those, Derek. And uh, thanks for coming on. Hopefully you'll come on when we're uh, we're happily in 15th in January. I'll be delighted. Thank you. <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. Join us again next week. This has been Shrimpnet. See you later.